0: Levin, our number is 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 I'll be on Hannity tonight 9:25 p.m. Eastern time a little earlier 9:25 p.m. Eastern time Do we love our children? I'm sitting here thinking about this. As a society, do we love our children? Do we love our grandchildren? Do we care about future generations? A tiny fraction of our population goes off to war. A tiny fraction of our population joins the military. A tiny fraction of our population works in law enforcement or joins law enforcement. What are they trying to protect? What are they trying to protect? And we here, civilians, who are neither in the military, nor law enforcement, we are destroying the future of our children and grandchildren in generations to come. We are the most selfish generation in the history of this country. Because that's what Marxism and socialism are all about. And it's clearly what the Democrat Party is all about. We don't have this money. Now, we're going to go through the motions of massive tax increases, massive redistribution of your earnings and wealth to people who didn't earn it, with various righteous causes because of race, because of inequality, because of whatever. But the children, the same party that would not pressure teachers union which is in their back pocket and they in theirs who have abused our children are abusing them in a way now that I don't think we can fix you see people say oh we've always heard this talk about uh, massive spending and what it will do to us it hasn't hurt me it's not going to hurt you more than likely but it will hurt your flesh and blood because even Big countries that spend money one day. One day the laws of economics hold those countries to account. This isn't free. These checks that they're writing, the money they're dropping from helicopters on various segments of our society, the expansion of entitlement programs, more and more people on entitlement programs, these have consequences. It not only is a consequence for our culture, turning a thriving, industrious, hardworking people into a lazy people that expect things to be handed to them. Certainly a percentage of our society. So it has a, a truly troubling psychological effect on our society, completely changing the way we think. But even more, I want you to look at your children and your grandchildren, and I want you to think about generations yet born How are they going to handle this? They're not even benefiting from any of this. Nor will they. We are using up the resources that we create plus the resources that will have to be created when we're long gone. That is, when we're long dead. Our children and grandchildren are going to be holding the tab. And the consequences are going to be dire. So when I watch these these fools like Biden and Pelosi and Sanders and Schumer, these doddering old nasty fools, smiling and happy because they feel they're spending their way to majoritarianism from now until the, you know, forever future. I think to myself, these are really, really abominable people. And so are the people who support them in the media and otherwise. There is no talk about the debt. None. There's no talk about the consequences for the future generations. This is the most selfish generation ever. Demanding that somebody who has worked hard give them their money. Or somebody who has worked smart and created all kinds of products and services and has become wealthy. Thereby hiring Enormous numbers of people and creating more wealth and opportunity for other people. That that guy or gal somehow owes somebody else a massive percentage of what they've created. That's what this bill is all about. We're going to have Kevin McCarthy on here in the last hour because I heard him say 9% of this bill goes directly to the virus. And I want you to listen to this in a second because I just looked it up. The unemployment rate in this country is less than 6.3 percent. And again, I checked, as we talked about last week, the predictions are the predictions are that the first quarter of this year'll we'll see gross domestic product growth of 10 percent. 10 percent. So why are we doing this? Because, ladies and gentlemen, they couldn't do this if they waited two, three, four, five months, because it would be apparent to everybody that the economy is building that this kind of unparalleled, reckless, insane spending is unnecessary. But they're grabbing power at every level. They're using every lever they possibly can to grab power. And it was now or never. That's why Biden could have had a deal with the Republicans. It was now or never. It's about his legacy. It's about empowering the Democrat Party. Everything. If you put it through that lens, you'll see the whole thing. It'll all brighten up for you. I heard one guy on on Fox even mention it. So, A listener on Fox. It's all brightened up for him now, too. But you need to think about these things. They're very, very important. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit more deeply a little later, but I want to first talk about the vaccine. I did further research today, and we'll carry this through the uh, second segment. Did you know the General Accounting Office, which is the audit part of the federal government, did you know the General Accounting Office took a close examination of Operation Warp Speed this past month. Over 50 pages was produced. You should read it. What a tremendous accomplishment, Operation Warp Speed. And in fact, rather than start now and have a break, what I'd like to do is take the break right after the break, I hope you'll listen to this because you're going to learn something you haven't heard before. I'll be right back. Much Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today, not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide, through its free online courses, its support of classical K through 12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844 it will continue to fight to live up to that motto come what may learn more at levinforhillsdale.com l-e-v-i-n forhillsdale.com levinforhillsdale.com KHN and PolitiFact Healthcare they're left of center in fact PolitiFact In the past, uh, I've been uh, engaged in trying to expose them. So what I'm about to tell you is even more remarkable. They looked at the claims by Joe Biden, and they looked at what the Trump administration had done with respect to Operation Warp Speed and the virus. Now, I want you to listen to this. Last summer, the Trump administration contracted for 100 million doses from Pfizer... 100 million doses from Moderna. 100 million doses from Johnson & Johnson. 300 million doses from AstraZeneca. 100 million doses from Novavax. And 100 million doses from Sanofi, GlaxoSmithKline. 800 million doses. For 400 million people. Now, they did this without knowing which company would have an effective vaccine. They did this without knowing whether it would be approved on an emergency basis by the FDA. But President Trump and his team did something that we've never done before. They ordered the doses. They ordered the syringes. They ordered all of this, betting heavily, that one or more of these companies would come up with a vaccine. Three of them came up with a vaccine. Two of them in November, but they waited to announce it until after the election. So they contracted for 800 million doses for 400 million people. Some of them, of course, require two doses. Now, Joe Biden hasn't told you that. His spokes idiot, Psaki, hasn't told you that. Now, in December of last year, December 23, when only Pfizer and Moderna had received emergency authorization, the Trump administration immediately ordered another 200 million doses from both companies. Another 200 million doses from both companies. That means between that $200 million order and the original order with Pfizer and Moderna, that's 400 doses of vaccines. 400. Then Johnson & Johnson went before this FDA emergency committee and got approval for its vaccine, the one-shot vaccine. And Johnson & Johnson had been coordinating with Merck on how to increase production because Johnson & Johnson didn't have the capacity to meet the order that the Trump administration had placed since its capacity was limited. And so those two companies began working together and came up with an agreement. Joe Biden took credit for that agreement. In the end, the Trump administration had contracted for enough approved vaccines from Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson to inoculate 550 million people. When Joe Biden says they didn't order enough vaccines, he's lying. When Joe Biden says somehow his administration got Merck and Johnson & Johnson to work together and and pull it across the finish line, he's lying. The distribution process that's in place today, working with HHS and the Defense Department, particularly the National Guard, that was developed by the Trump administration. The use of CVS and Walgreens and Walmart and Target and so forth, that was developed by the Trump administration. By the Trump administration. These are facts. These are facts you haven't heard anywhere else. Because they, they interrupt, they undermine the narrative that the White House is putting out in a massive propaganda campaign. And let me tell you exactly what's going on, why I started with the spending and then I led to the virus and the vaccines. Because what Joe Biden is trying to create and what he will say is in the first hundred days, he helped whip the virus And help save the economy. That's where this is headed. When in fact. His outrageous spending. Will do enormous damage to this economy. In the out months. Will do enormous damage. To the fiscal state. Of this country. For generations to come. And did virtually nothing. When it came to the development. And distribution of these vaccines maybe refining here and there, but that's it. This is why they have trashed President Trump when it comes to the vaccines, because they know if the truth ever gets out, if the truth ever gets out of what that administration did, and by doing what they did, listen to me, please, they saved millions and millions of Americans. Millions and millions of Americans. By doing what they did, they brought us to this point. And with the GAO reports, it shows where some of the blockages were, some of the manufacturing gaps, and how the administration moved quickly to try and fix them. And still got these developments, these, these vaccines developed at warp speed. And you know what else it shows? That with the Trump administration's leadership, particularly at HHS, these companies were working together. They were sharing their data. They were even sharing facilities. Our great American private sector. That's how we got the vaccines. That's how people are getting vaccinated. And that's how we have saved millions and millions of Americans. Joe Biden announced the other day that he's going to order another 100 million vaccines so we have enough even to distribute overseas because this is a war. Donald Trump said this was a war at the first outbreak. And yes, to some extent he ignored the scientists because the scientists were prepared to sit this for five years and let the companies just go their normal route. Donald Trump refused. He refused. He was the one who said the only way to truly destroy this is through therapeutics and vaccines. And he was right. And I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide, through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty, since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com, Levin for Hillsdale dot com Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest-growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin
2: Show is on at 877-381-3811.
0: Biden said today that they're working with these companies, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, to speed up the production and the delivery of the vaccines. Ladies and gentlemen, they're already speeding it up. And they don't need Joe Biden to be taking credit for any of this. They're already speeding up. They're speeding up because it's like creating anything else and producing anything else. As you produce more and more stuff, you become more and more efficient. The supply lines become more and more regularized. The distribution becomes more and more normalized and regularized and say you're able to speed it up and move it along more and more quickly, it's not because Joe Biden's president says, come on, hurry up. And notice, every time he talks like this, he provides no specifics whatsoever. Exactly what is the administration doing to speed up anything? You would think if they had a long list of things that they've done that have improved production and distribution, that we would have these lists. We know that the the uh, left-wing phony media, the New York Times and the Washington Post, will put it on page one above the fold. We know that Fredo Cuomo, not be to be confused with pervert Cuomo uh, and uh, fake tapper, we know that they would lead with it. We know that Andrea Mitchell and Brian Williams and the other reprobates at MSNBC would be waving it around. But there's nothing to wave around because they've not done anything special or profound or... Fundamentally different than what they inherited. They inherited the vaccines. They inherited the distribution methodology, including the military. And so as people who are serious and have looked at this will tell you that that's what's taken place. And yet tonight the media, even so-called friendly media are reporting that Biden said that, you know, he spoke to, that we're going to get this done. We'll get these out faster. They're going to come out faster regardless. But this is all an effort to make Biden look better than he is and Trump worse. That's what's going on here. Now, let's look at the spending bill. This is $1.9 trillion on top of $4.1 trillion that had already been spent. So by my calculation, that's $6 trillion. The Federal budget is about four and a half trillion. So in a twelve month period, we've spent over ten trillion dollars. Over ten trillion dollars. And then if you include these six trillion dollars the Federal Reserve is authorized to use in loans, we've spent over sixteen trillion dollars. The entire Federal excuse me, the entire economy is about 17 half to eighteen trillion dollars. In one year's time. We're bankrupting our country faster than any generation, any group of politicians, ever. And we hear that 9% of this bill goes directly directly to dealing with the virus. 9% of the bill. And as I pointed out to you earlier, we have about 6% unemployment. And in the first quarter, this quarter of the year, it's expected to grow the GDP by 10%. So why are we doing that? Why are we expanding welfare programs and expanding food stamps and doing all these things? Bernie Sanders wrote this bill. That should give you a hint. That should give you a hint. And what's in this bill? First of all, it wipes out the debt. The debt. In uh, New York and San Francisco. Andrew Cuomo, we'll get to him later, Andrew Cuomo had wanted $15 billion. Do you remember that? He gets $23.5 billion. The San Francisco school system, where they're not busy taking down monuments and renaming schools, gets $650 million, Wipes out their debt for the next two years. Los Angeles gets $1.65 billion, and Garcetti... Can barely control his excitement. Wipes out their debt. What does this have to do with the virus? Nothing. Because these cities and states were in deep debt before the virus. There's $362 billion in direct aid to state and local governments. A third of a trillion dollars. $168 $168 billion to assist educational institutions. So teachers, not all teachers, but particularly in the metropolitan areas, who don't want to go back to work, who haven't gone back to work, they're rewarded. And the worst states and the worst cities are rewarded with enormous sums of money. That's $525 billion out of the $1.9 million. Fifty-three point six billion to assist small business. What does that mean? We're not sure. And you should know, any state that takes one dime of this money, Mr. Producer, is prohibited from cutting taxes. Thirty-nine billion for child care block grants to states. That has nothing to do with this virus. $27.8 $27.8 billion for emergency rental assistance and housing vouchers. That has nothing to do with this virus. $10 billion for homeowner assistance. That has nothing to do with this virus. $5 billion more for assistance to individuals who experience homelessness. That has nothing to do with this virus. Almost $50 billion for testing and contact tracing. Well, number one, contact tracing. Reminds me of the communist China's social credit scoring. Where, among other things, they're going to keep track of where you are. But we don't need $50 billion for testing at this point. And what I should have mentioned is, at the same time the Trump administration was pursuing vaccines and therapeutics, it also had to build ventilators. It also had to make PPEs. It also had to find and create hospital beds, and of course, it also had to invent testing because Fauci and the FDA weren't up to speed. The Trump administration did all that. 7.6 billion to expand the public health workforce. 7.6 billion for community health centers i have no idea what that means 6.1 billion for native american health programs 3 billion for substance abuse and mental health block grant programs 50 billion more for fema 10 billion for emergency medical supply production 8.7 billion for covid-19 health response efforts overseas It extends federal unemployment compensation benefits of $300 per week until September 6th. Prior to this pandemic, the federal government paid nothing for unemployment compensation. It's strictly a state matter. Now it's September. How much you want to bet they never get rid of it? It's a new entitlement. An additional tax rebate of $1,400 for individuals with incomes of $75,000 or less. And a married couple, or just a couple, who earn $150,000 or less, they get $2,800. It doesn't even matter what the circumstances, you just get it. Expands eligibility and increase the maximum earned income tax credit for childless adults and increases the child tax credit $3,000 per child over the age of seven, $3,600 a child. Under the age of seven. So, Mr. Producer, if you're a couple earning $150,000 a year, and there's four of you, you're going to get $2,800, the two adults. Actually, you're going to get more than that. You're going to get $5,600, right, for every individual in the family. $5,600. Let's say you have two little kids under seven, plus $7,200. We're talking eleven or twelve thousand dollars for a couple earning one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. How long can a country do this, folks? Expands and extends through September twenty twenty one paid sick and family leave tax credits for employers, requires Medicaid and the Children's Health Insurance Program to fully cover the cost of COVID nineteen vaccines. This is already being done under the Trump initiative where insurance companies have already agreed to do that. What else? $1.5 million for the Seaway International Bridge, which connects New York to Canada and is a priority for Chuck Schumer. $500 million, or half a billion, grants to fund activities related to the arts, humanities, libraries, museums, and Native American language preservation. $86 billion to rescue about 185 multi-employer pension plans insured by the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with any of this. And these are underfunded pensions. $35 billion to increase subsidies to defray Obamacare premiums because Obamacare is a drain. It doesn't work. Thirty-five billion dollars to hold up Obamacare. Another three point five billion for the program formerly known as food stamps. Another one billion for Head Start. And of course one and a half billion for Amtrak. Nothing whatsoever to do with this virus. Nothing. And Biden says this will all jumpstart the economy because he knows the economy is already beginning to rocket. And he wants to be able to say that it's due to his program. And we know that this propaganda machine is underway because the word leaked out. The cabinet secretaries, sub-cabinet secretaries, friendly media, surrogates in the left-wing nonprofit community are all to hit the streets and to say so. This is one thing the Democrats do that the Republicans don't. McConnell gets in front of a microphone, coughs up his bologna sandwich, then leaves and that's it. And then that's it. I'll be right back. Mark lovin'. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty, since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. One of the things Biden's going to announce tonight at 8 p.m. because they've put it out is that every adult in the United States will be eligible to get the vaccination no later than May 1. And you're supposed to thank him. What the hell would we do without Joe Biden? Ladies and gentlemen, this was always the plan. Can we pull up again? Yesterday we played Mr. Producer, it might have been the day before, Joe Biden at the debate saying we're going to have to wait till like May for all of us to get a vaccination. Isn't that he, didn't he say something like that? We'll find that. If we don't find it soon enough, we can play it next hour. Yeah. Well, we'll see what he says. But he wants you to believe that say have some kind of magical system in place where they're doing these things. They're not doing anything. They're jumping in front of the parade. It's like the worst possible. Don't you hate people like that? Aren't you disgusted by people like that? Those of you who work in an office where people take credit for the work that you do. That's been Joe Biden his entire life. Let's go ahead and play it. Go ahead.
3: Your reaction and just 40 percent of Americans say they would definitely agree to take. By the way,
0: this is from the September debate, I believe. Go ahead
3: by the government what steps would you take to give americans confidence in a vaccine if it were approved
4: make sure it's totally transparent have the scientists of the world see it know it look at it go through all the processes and by the way he's, this is the same fellow who told you this is going to end by easter last time this is the same fellow who told you that don't worry we're going to end this by the summer we're about to go into a dark winter a dark winter And he has no clear plan, and there's no prospect that there's going to be a vaccine available for the majority of the American people before the middle of next year.
0: You hear that? For the majority of the American people to the middle of next year. Which is fantastic. And now he's taking credit for it. That's why he doesn't want to submit himself to serious questions by serious reporters. Both of them. Just to show you the... uh, the insanity of the Democrat Party when you look at New York. I don't remember anybody demanding that Cuomo resign as a result of his policy in which thousands of senior citizens were killed. You start to hear some noise when the Attorney General points out that more people died than Cuomo said, and then that leads to the fact that they covered up the death numbers, and then you heard a few more people saying, Well, maybe he should resign, mostly Republicans. And these women start coming out. And we've had the sixth woman who talks of a truly grotesque, in effect, rape. When you touch somebody where you're not supposed to touch them, that effectively is rape. Um, And now whether it calls by 60 Democrats for the governor's resignation. But the Democrat Party is a fraud in so many respects. Joe Biden did something very similar to a young woman, when he was a senator. Nobody wanted to hear about it. And Tara Reid went public, put her neck on the line, and she was trashed. Oh, the story here or a story there. But we didn't hear from any of these Democrats who are speaking out now, speaking out on her defense. The New York Times didn't stand up for her. Joe Scarborough didn't stand up for her. His wife did, in some ways. But the Democrat Party circled the wagons around their nominee because they couldn't afford to have him fail. And she wasn't alone. Women began, uh, began to come forward talking about how he was inappropriately touching them, putting his face into their hair, doing some other perverse things that Biden does. And that's Joe, the lovable Joe. And that was fine. Fine. There's no investigation of Joe Biden, and there's not going to be. But why shouldn't there be? Aren't they similar situations, this sixth young woman coming forward? And what Tara Reid said happened to her? They're very similar, aren't they? Very similar. But don't worry, Joe Biden's out there. He's for women, don't you know? That's why he's destroyed girls' high school sports. Tonight, he's going to say every adult in the U.S. eligible for vaccines no later than May 1. He had nothing to do with this. So when you watch this, if you must, if you listen to this, if you must, then you should look at whoever afterwards is reporting on this, is telling you the truth. This is one of the reasons I spent a decent part of this hour going through this vaccine history. I had no idea Joe Biden was going to say it. But I knew at some point he would take even additional credit. And because of the brilliance of his administration, who exactly? Who? What exactly did they do? I'll be right back.
2: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
0: Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Hour 2, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, there was a time in our media... When Donald Trump would be giving a speech or something where they wouldn't cover it. Because they said he was lying or he was using it as a campaign speech or whatever the pretext. I just read what the White House put out. And it's full of lies. And I will not, I want all my affiliates down the line to know, I will not be playing Joe Biden's speech. Because I'm not going to be using this platform for his propaganda. So you have a heads up. And those of you who are preempted because they're playing Joe Biden's speech, you can always pick us up on satellite and online and on our apps. We have many, many ways for you to listen to this program. But I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. This was just put out, a fact sheet by the Biden team for immediate release. Headline, Biden to announce all Americans to be eligible for vaccines by May one puts the nation on a path to get closer to normal by July 4th. See what's going on here? So we're going to be celebrating Joe Biden on July 4th. Today, in his first primetime address, President Biden will announce the next phase of our wartime effort to vaccinate the U.S. population. Now, keep in mind, he's been in office seven weeks. With the goal of getting the nation closer to normal, By July 4th, Independence Day. So they are exploiting this the way he exploited it when he was running for office. Trump bad. Trump did nothing. Biden to the rescue. In the middle of a pandemic. The president launched a new comprehensive strategy to beat the pandemic on January 21. Yeah, what did he do? I don't know, but he did it in the subsequent seven weeks. We've delivered over 81 million vaccinations to Americans today. More people are once again able to visit their loved ones. There's more work to do. And today, the president is outlining the next phase of this whole government strategy to put the pandemic behind us. It's a whole private sector strategy. A whole private sector strategy. Make every adult in the U.S. eligible for vaccine no later than May 1. Today, in the next phase of our vaccination effort, the president will announce that he will direct states, tribes, and territories to make all adults eligible for COVID-19 vaccine no later than May 1. What does that mean? Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to happen. It's going to happen without Joe Biden. And even worse than that, he says he's directing the states to do it He doesn't even have any power to direct the states to do it. Now you're going to see how dishonest and corrupt the media are after this. The White House COVID-19 response team has concluded that our accelerated vaccination efforts will enable prioritized vaccinations to be far enough along by end of April that all eligibility restrictions for vaccinations can be lifted by May 1st. Then why did he say just a few weeks ago that teachers need to get the vaccinations first as a priority, when everybody's going to have them in six weeks? Once all Americans are eligible to be vaccinated, the administration will ensure that every adult is actually able to get the vaccine. How? By increasing the Number of places Americans can get vaccinated with the resources available through President Biden's America Rescue Plan. The administration will ramp up efforts to create more places for people to get vaccinated, reaching the hardest hit and hardest to reach populations. Community health centers. Today, the administration announced that over the next six weeks, the administration will deliver vaccines directly to up to an additional 700 community health centers. They reach underserved communities. So now we bring in all the, the critical theories, the critical race theory and all the rest of it. These distributions were occurring anyway in CVSs and Walmarts and Targets, Walgreens, also supermarkets and grocery stores all throughout the country, Publix and so forth. There's no need for federal community centers to do a damn thing. Increasing the number of people providing and supporting vaccines. Today, President Biden, you see what's happening? The trajectory has really moved fast. The production's really ramped up because these companies. The distribution's really ramped up. The vaccines are really going out now. So he's going to give a speech and credit himself. bringing the total over 6,000. Hold on. President Biden will announce the deployment of more than 4,000 active duty troops to support vaccination efforts, bringing the total to over 6,000 in all. Why? Is that a fair question, Mr. Reducer? Why? Are active duty military giving vaccines out? What are they doing? Giving shots in people's arms? Tomorrow, the administration will expand the pool of qualified professionals able to administer shots to include dentists, advanced and intermediate emergency medical technicians, midwives, optometrists, paramedics, physician assistants. None of this is necessary. You understand what I mean? We're on a glide path to get here anyway. We're on a glide path to get here anyway. It's like, we're going to use the defense. What happened to that? We're going to use the Defense Production Act to get more vaccine. He didn't have to. What happened to that? We can't find 20 million vaccines. What happened to that? They didn't order enough vaccines, but they ordered 800 million vaccines. This is what happens when you don't have a serious media in the country. You do not have a serious media media. To check when you have a, a demagogue as president of the United States. This is the plagiarist. And so they're going through all these machinations so you think that he did this. Look at all the new people we're going to have. Look at all the new places. We're, we're not done. Providing tools to make it easier for individuals to find a vaccine. The president will announce steps to make it easier for individuals to find a vaccine. Near them and address some of the barriers to getting vaccinated like a find a vaccine website they're going to set up by may 1st now why would you need to set up a find a vaccine website by may 1st if everybody's going to get vaccinated by may 1st a 1-800 number to offer a tool for those who may lack internet access we will launch a call center by may 1st to provide guidance and assistance with finding a vaccine Technical support to improve existing state websites. Let me tell you what happened here. They got together and said, let's make a list of stuff. Stuff we can do. It may not have an impact whatsoever. Let's make a, an 800 number. They always come up with the 800 number. A website that went well with the Obamacare. Let's have a website. Uh, I will. I will issue an order <clears throat> telling all the states that everybody must be eligible to be vaccinated by May 1st. Well, what does that mean? Doesn't mean anything, but everybody will think I did it. Take new steps to reopen the nation's schools. Now that the nation's schools are finally opening, ladies and gentlemen. Finally opening, even in blue states. Except for some of these metropolitan areas, but even in blue states, they're finally opening. Joe Biden wants them to open now. Now that the American Rescue Plan has passed and most of that money is in fact none of that money is spent this year none of it The nearly 130 billion to safely open schools for in-person instruction will begin to be distributed this month by the Department of Education well what about the other 60 billion that's been sitting there These dollars will help schools pay for the critical supplies to implement the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's staff excuse me uh, recommended mitigation strategies, hire more staff, avoid laying off current staff, so there it is a boondoggle for the teachers union provide guidance and support for K-12 boondoggle for the teachers union help educators get vaccinated why do they need help expand testing to stop the spread of COVID-19 and so forth How can you listen to this, this speech? And you know we don't have a reliable, serious media in this country to push back, which is why I went through so much of this before. Here's the man that's been standing in the schoolhouse doors. Now he wants you to believe that he's going to open them, but even here he doesn't. You know, in this massive spending bill and all this money going to schools, quote-unquote, whatever that means, always sounds good, but when they're closed, it's kind of rough. The schools aren't required to open. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? They're not required to open. They get the money, but they're not required to open because he doesn't want to go crossways with the teachers' union in Chicago, the teachers' union in L.A., the teachers' union in this city and that city. That's why. And he wants you to believe this massive spending, where 9% of it is directly involved in the virus, is the reason he's able to do this. Plus, of course, he's a fantastic manager. All those years in the Senate, all those years riding up and down the Amtrak tracks, getting the $12 kosher hot dogs. Oh, yeah, he learned a lot doing that. It's amazing. I can read these guys like a palm reader. I started tonight's program going into this vaccine having no idea what Joe Biden would say as a matter of fact, but having every idea what Joe Biden would say as a matter of prediction because he's very predictable. He's a, he's a liar and he's a plagiarist. He was a liar and a plagiarist in college, in law school, when he ran in 1988, and he always has been. And the people around him, They really play the American people. So now July 4th, we're going to be celebrating Joe Biden. Our greatest president ever. In seven weeks. In seven weeks, Joe Biden has killed the virus. Now he's led in illegal aliens. He's screwed up the immigration system. He's going to screw up all these. But in seven weeks, superhuman Joe Biden. Rush, like you would like to say, with half his brain tied behind his back. I would say in the case of Biden with half his brain non-functioning, the great Joe Biden with his deep and broad experience as a senator from one of the smallest states in the country where he never was an executive or managed anything in his life, and then as vice president, where they put the trillion dollar stimulus program under him that didn't stimulate anything, except maybe the Biden family. In seven weeks, Joe Biden slayed the virus i mean my goodness who knew i'll be right back
1: much love in
0: Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com promo code Levin L-E-V-I-N podcast. And when you do, you'll save fifty percent off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com promo code Levin podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, we're going to find out how great the fact-checkers are, too. The the journalists out there, the fact-checkers, when Joe Biden blunders through his uh, teleprompter. I think I've done my best the last 90 minutes to expose this man. I will be on Hannity tonight at 9.25 p.m. to do the same. Meanwhile, we have a wonderful congressman, a man who stands up for what he believes in, Thomas Massey. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing great, Mark, and I never got a chance to thank you for March 27th of last year when I I was (laughs) the only one trying to pump the brakes on the $2 trillion spending bill, and you you took up for me when the world was crushing me. Uh, And now we are here one year later passing another $2 trillion bill, bringing us up to $6 trillion, and uh, some Republicans finally got the religion, but they didn't have it back then.
0: (laughs) Now, those attacks on you were outrageous. And uh, they're certainly not fiscal concerns. But I have to tell you something, Congressman. What's going on here is really trying to institutionalize the expansion of government. It's not just adding money. I mean, they are broadening entitlements. They are creating new entitlements. They are laying the foundation for additional entitlements. And so when the radical leftists in Congress say this is the greatest progressive bill in American history, or neo-Marxist, I prefer, they're not kidding, are they?
2: They're not kidding. And I, I said back last year that the cheese in the trap was the $1,200 checks and that what they were feeding us is socialism and cronyism. We're getting large doses of it. Um, I just got to look at the numbers of, of the amount of money that's going to the county governments, And in some cases here in Kentucky, some of these counties are getting bailouts. By the way, they're in the black, but they're getting bailouts in a, that exceed their annual budget. Yeah.
0: It's you know. Do we care anymore? Do we love our children and grandchildren as a country, Mr. Congressman? Do we love them because this is all going to fall like uh, like 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 an iron on their heads? They're not going to be able to to dig out of this, and that's who's going to suffer from this. Am I right?
2: <laughs> I used to say it was our children and grandchildren. The, the only advantage to the quickening of the collapse that the, that my colleagues are bringing upon us is that they may themselves suffer under it instead of uh, putting it on their children and grandchildren. Certainly they will suffer as well and worse than us, but I think they've accelerated it to the point that we're going to see it in our time.
0: Let's switch over. Gun control. I mean, they are pushing every radical kook agenda item through there as fast as they can and throwing it into the Senate and hoping that 50-50 Senate – We'll push it to Biden's desk. This is, the, this is the latest one. Tell us about the two bills that they're pushing.
2: Sure. Uh, the, they basically want to expand background checks. But I asked them on the floor in a debate, what do background checks do? Well, we've got the data. 8.6 million people purchased a firearm in 2017. 112,000 were denied. Now, my Democratic colleagues would have you think those were 112,000 felons who were denied. But I got the data from the DOJ and the GAO that did a report on this data. Only 12 of those were prosecuted for the crime of trying to acquire a firearm and being ineligible. So you're you're telling me
0: people who are not criminals, or not even necessarily would-be criminals, were denied the right to get a weapon?
2: That's absolutely true. Out of 112,000, they only, they only prosecuted 12, and the ATF only deemed about 20,000 of them worthy of an investigation. So what you have in that 100,000 are law-abiding citizens who were deprived their right to keep and bear arms to defend themselves, and they want to expand that. And that's what both of the gun control bills did this week that they passed in the House. Now, they won't pass in the Senate, but if they keep their majority... Through 2022, I believe they will pass H.R. 1 through 10. Those are the worst bills. I never vote for H.R. less than 10. <laughs> Usually even when Republicans are in the majority, those are bad bills. Yes. But when Democrats are in the majority, they're doubly bad. Um,
0: and well, well, you know, Congressman Massey, here's the thing. All they do is punish law-abiding citizens. They don't have a single proposal to deal with the horrendous murder and the increased murder that's taking place in our inner cities. In fact, they propose slashing the police. And so we have a situation where for we're slashing the police, and if we're not allowed to arm ourselves, then what the hell can we do?
2: Well, that was another thing I pointed out in my speech on the floor, the hypocrisy of this, Mark. They are surrounding themselves with soldiers, with M4s. They are surrounding themselves with thousands of Capitol Hill police. And now the Democrats are using your personal taxpayer money to get personal bodyguards. And at this while simultaneously, they're trying to deny you your right to keep and bear arms.
0: Congressman, I'd like to hold you for another five minutes, if you don't mind. Absolutely. We'll be right back.
1: (laughs) Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811.
0: Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky, um, good man, good man, independent man uh, who believes in individual liberty in the founding, which is uh, where we're coming from. I want to talk to you briefly about this vaccine. Biden's going to talk about it at 8 o'clock. I have some of his initial comments. You know, President Trump and his team, they've taken a lot of hits. And yet when it comes to this Operation Warp Speed, I've looked at the General Accounting Office report. I've looked at other analyses of this. There is absolutely no question, but without this Operation Warp Speed and the private sector, these big companies working with each other, not because the government put a gun to their head, because that's what they wanted to do and needed to do. And we have this this fantastic result, three vaccines in less than a year, and they're ramping up production. As You know how production works and assembly lines work and the access to uh, uh, supply lines and so forth. It ramps up over time, and then it begins to hit a trajectory. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Joe Biden in this speech tonight is going to take credit for this. Joe Biden in this speech tonight is going to say everybody will be eligible for a vaccine by May 1st. Can you tell me, Congressman, and I've looked far and wide, what exactly has the Biden administration done in seven weeks to make this possible?
2: <laughs> they haven't done much. They they did try to undermine uh, the vaccine when Trump was uh, ushering it into place. In fact, you know, the model that was used for speeding approval of this, maybe that's a model if it worked. And it seems to have we should use for more products and mm-hmm. uh, more life-saving advances. One thing they did that uh, Biden has done is spend a billion dollars to turn the CDC into an advertising agency for the vaccine. There's a billion dollars in this COVID bill. That is to increase confidence in the vaccine, which I find interesting.
0: So, in other words, a billion dollars to counter what he was doing four months ago. That's right. That's exactly right. Let let, let me ask you this. You see all this money being spent, which has nothing to do with the virus. They use it as an opportunity to exploit the American people. They have a heavy-duty propaganda campaign going on. We see unemployment has really sunk to almost 6% and going down. We see the predictions that the first quarter of this year the gdp could grow as high as 10 percent now we have all this massive spending and they rush it through without a single republican vote and i think it's not only because they want to permanently change the american landscape but when the economy takes off they want to say it's because of biden's bill does that make sense to you
2: it does not make sense and by the way not enough of that money went directly to the uh, combating the virus, as we talked about before the break, It's they're ushering in socialist programs. You know, if you take the $6 trillion that's been spent and you divide it by 350 million Americans, you come up with $17,000. Mm-hmm. If you're a family of five, your fi- your family should feel $85,000 richer. <laughs> but the reality is your family's $85,000 more in debt. Mm-hmm. And I think I think, Mark... That I'm always amazed that it hasn't happened yet, but I do believe we're going to get inflation out of this because there has been a, a slump in productivity, and the demand is up because of the stimulus packages. And I don't see how you get how you can print, you know, this incredible percentage. I'm not sure exactly what the percent of the money in circulation is now that was created in the last year, but it's it's in the double digits. It's significant. I don't see how you do that without causing inflation and de- depressing the value of everything else. And, I, you know, some of the rise in the stock market, in my opinion, is just a repricing of the stocks based on today's
0: dollar. That's interesting. You might be right. In other words, it's already inflating it. Yeah. And, you, and you're That's probably right. And the thing is, I don't know another example in history – modern history anyway, where uh, a society debases its own currency and that leads to um, uh, improvement, leads to growth, leads to opportunity. No, it leads to destruction and impoverishment. You're debasing your own currency. These people don't seem to give a damn about that. Is it because they're incompetent or is it because they really buy into this, this Marxist-like kind of ideology? I'm thinking the latter.
2: I think it's a little bit of both, depending on who you talk to. Uh, but we know this. It is not sustainable. You can't – if they try to stay on this path, if they try to spend another $6 trillion – by the way, we're up to about $30 trillion in debt. we doubled the debt in about nine years. This and the economy is
0: what, about $18, 18500000000000 Something uh, like that. Yep, yeah,
2: yeah, I think that's about right. We're – I mean, it's just insane. And I don't know where it ends. There's no measure for how much we spend in each stimulus package. By the way, for, for your listeners, just to remind them what Congress usually votes on, the discretionary spending every year since I've been in Congress has averaged about a trillion dollars. Hmm. Now, there's another three to four to five trillion in what they call entitlements, Medi- Medicare and Social Security. But the part of the budget that we control, that we decide how much to spend every year, which includes the roads, the military, uh, NASA, is a trillion dollars. We have multiplied that by six in the last year. We've, we've spent ten times the military budget, which is roughly $600 billion. We've spent $6 trillion.
0: So your point is it's, it's actually worse by multitudes of God knows what, because this is the area of the budget you're saying where we have discretion. Our discretion has been to go, to go nuts. That's right. Now, they're talking about $2 trillion for infrastructure on top of this. I mean, where does this end? End with the collapse uh, of the economy at some point? It has to.
2: I, you know, I was told back in March that the reason the bill was so big, I'm, I'm talking about last March when I opposed the first bill. And I, and I actually, <laughs> I joked with, uh, well, it's not really a joke, but I talked to Mark Meadows in the green room uh, night before last over at Fox Studios, and I said, Mark, you're the one that told me the reason this was going to be a $2 trillion bill is because we, wouldn't, we didn't want to have to pass another one ever again, so we we're going to make it that big. So that's what I was told. That wasn't just Mark's talking point. That was other talking points to other Republicans that if you vote for $2 trillion, you'll never have to take another vote like this again. Mm-hmm. And now here we are at $6 trillion. So I don't know where it ends, but if you are being told that this is the last stimulus bill, I would take it with a grain of salt.
0: The problem is, the way, this is
2: Meadows is yeah. like a brother to me. No,
0: he's a good man. You know, this is being regularized. That's the problem. It's like what these governors did in some of these states, and they grabbed uh, authority they don't have, and, they, and they're having a very difficult time uh, giving it back. And so uh, – You know, Congressman, I'll leave you with this. Many, many years ago, I was about 20 years old, I guess. I went to Capitol Hill, and my audience has heard this, and I met a senator by the name of Paul Laxalt, who was a great man, and he was very close to uh, Ronald Reagan, and he was a senator from Nevada. And as I was leaving, and he didn't have to meet with me, I'm a kid from Pennsylvania, but he said, sure. And I met with him, and he said, You know, Mark, I'm going to tell you something. Every day we meet here in Congress you lose a little bit of your liberty. That has stuck with me. Because one of the things Congress is not about is advancing and expanding individual liberty. It's about the opposite. And that's the nature of government. And that's exactly what's going on today. You're one of the few who understand this. You're one of the few who fights for this. So I want to thank you.
2: Thank you, Mark. And you're you're absolutely right. We've got to get this back under control. The only thing that's moderating the Democrats right now is that they want to keep the majority in the midterms, and I think they're going to keep trying to pump up this economy, even though, as you said, if we just let the governors, let if the governors would let their own economies go back to work and and just end all of the lockdowns, get everybody back to school, you wouldn't need any of this.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, good luck to you, Congressman. We appreciate it.
2: All right, thank you, Mark. Great. All right, it's an take... honor to be on your show.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. He's a good guy. You know, he's a standout from time to time on these issues, but he tends to be right when he does. So just a uh, heads up again down the line, we will not be taking the Biden speech any more than I would be taking Castro's speech or Xi's speech or the Islamo-Nazi guy and, oh, the supreme supreme piece of you-know-what in Tehran and uh, Vladimir Putin because that's the kind of speech you're about to hear. A disgusting, self-serving, self-aggrandizing speech from a narcissist and egomaniacal fool who has an entire career of plagiarism and lying. And he's still doing it. Count me out. I'll be right back.
1: Love in.
0: Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com promo code Levin L-E-V-I-N podcast. And when you do, you'll save fifty percent off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com promo code Levin podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we still have the military surrounding the Capitol building to protect our representatives from what I don't know. Certainly not an insurrection. I think they're going to do this, and they want to do it well into May to prevent you and me from lobbying them or protesting peacefully, as we've done in the past, on all kinds of things that they're doing to us in the Democrat Party, including the refusal to hold proper and orderly hearings so we can participate in our government. And so the military is surrounding the Capitol building. Are they surrounding the Capitol building out of need? Are they surrounding the Capitol building now because the politicians need them to do so? Jillian Turner on Fox News today, well, she got a little bit of information. She's a very good reporter. And here in part is what she said, cut, forego.
3: The official internal memo that we've obtained reveals that the National Guard's top general disagrees with the Pentagon's decision to keep those 2,300 National Guard troops here at the Capitol. The National Guard chief is laying out really what's his whole case in this memo, saying that the Guard is already overstretched, and he doesn't think that they're actually equipped right now to carry out this mission. Now, despite this, Defense Secretary General Austin overrode the National Guard's recommendation and extended the D.C. mission Anyway, let's take a look at the memo. General Daniel Hawkinson, he's the chief of the National Guard Bureau, writes, quote, efforts to date have not secured enough volunteers among supporting states to meet the U.S. Capitol request of 2,280 soldiers, nor even option B, which is to keep 1,000 soldiers there. He goes on to say, quote, I'm concerned that the continued indefinite nature of this requirement may also impede our ability to man future missions. Now, Fox News has learned that this memo did circulate within the White House at the National Security Council last week, and then just two days ago on the 9th, uh, Defense Secretary General Austin formally approved that extension to keep the troops here in D.C. protecting the Capitol. We also have to flag, John, this memo is also at odds with what the Pentagon told Fox News just yesterday when they pressed him on why the Secretary of Defense signed off on this mission. Take a listen. I don't think I'd describe it that way. I mean, uh, yes, the Department of Defense will be funding this as we funded the previous mission, which ends at the end of the week. But that's not how anybody's looking at this Uh, uh, or, you know, foisting that on the Capitol Police that they're looking at this as, as free labor. So, John, the Pentagon knows now that Fox News has obtained this internal official memo. They're declining to comment on it, not denying its existence, though.
0: Isn't that shocking? And by the way, this administration is always playing rope with dope, isn't it? If it's not propagandizing and lying, it's playing rope with dope. And in the case of Biden, dope is a perfectly adequate term. So basically, no, not basically, literally, the military is surrounding the Capitol building, not out of a military need or concern, but because the politicians... Joe Biden and his ilk insist on it. And I'm telling you again why I believe this is the case. It's to prevent you, law-abiding citizens, who pay for all of this, from having access to your congressmen and your senators directly, so you can speak to them about your concerns about what's taking place, so you can attend these various hearings that aren't occurring, and so they can continue to operate in a, really, a totalitarian manner. And they'll keep pointing to January 6th as the reason why they can't operate. Tell me, is that courthouse in Portland operating? Yes, it is, even though it's been under attack relentlessly. Is the White House operating, even though it was under attack? Are small business people who sold their stores, burned up, and looted and so forth, those who can, trying to make a comeback? Yes, they are. And there they are, members of Congress. And the narrative out there from Media Matters and Mediaite and all the rest of the media. This was the most outrageous attack on our system. It was an outrageous attack. But right now, the undermining of our constitutional republic, separation of powers, treating individuals as individuals in a colorblind society, passing legislation by twisting the rules, advancing your agenda... In the most uh, nefarious ways, I would say that that's an attack on the system, too. And we know where this is coming from. It's coming from the hard left. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't leave. I shall return.
2: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, it's interesting as I read his speech. He says this war against the virus. And he takes a shot at Trump at the front end. If it's a war, who launched this war, Mr. Producer? Communist China. If it's a war, who launched the war? He says nothing about Communist China. He says nothing about Xi Not a word. Well, what kind of war is that? What kind of war is it that you can't even identify the country or the regime that took the first shot? Not a negative or hostile word about China or its Communist Party strongman Xi. Nothing. Not a word. He pulls a card out of his pocket with the number of deaths, he says, from the coronavirus, 500 and some thousand. How many on his watch? He wouldn't have done anything differently than Donald Trump. You know what? That's not even true. He wouldn't have done half of what Donald Trump did. And the reason we're not playing this speech is because I read it. It is a grotesque, grotesque self-congratulation. A grotesque exploitation and self congratulations And uh, oh, it's awful. So the hard work that took place in the prior year gets no credit. But the last seven weeks, ladies and gentlemen... That's what brought us to this point. Shameful. Now, you have Jen Psaki, the idiot spokeswoman for the idiot. And um, we have this crisis now on the southern border as a result of the genius. So he unleashes this crisis on the southern border, but he's so brilliant. He's such such an exceptional manager that he's got the virus under control. And unfortunately, at least half the country will fall for this claptrap. But a simple question is being asked by Mr. Fixit about Mr. Fixit, and that is these people are coming across the border. Why aren't they being tested? How do we know what the problem is? If there are any issues here? And who asks it? Peter Ducey. Cut eight, go.
2: In terms of keeping COVID out of the country, does the White House think that it's a problem that travelers have to show a negative COVID test, proof of a negative COVID test when they fly into the U.S. from any foreign country, but travelers don't need to show anything like that when they just walk across the border as long as they don't go to a port of entry?
5: Well, I think there's been a lot of confusion about what's been happening at the border um, as it relates to um, people who are coming across um, and what happens uh, when they come across. And I know Governor Abbott down in Texas has uh, has uh, expressed some of his concerns, and many of those have not been based in facts. So let me go through a few of those, because I know we're all interested in facts around here. Uh, one, uh, Governor Abbott has referred to what's happening at the border as open borders. Hey, uh,
0: can't you just answer his question rather than attacking Governor Abbott? Can't you just answer his question? It was simple enough. Don't you have an answer? Go ahead.
5: Open borders policy, that is absolutely incorrect. Uh, the border is not open. The vast majority of individuals uh, apprehended or encountered at the border continue to be denied entry and a return. To
0: and the how many would that be? But if they manage to get into the country, they're now invited into our welcome centers, our reception centers, not detention centers. And then they're released into the country. Is that a lie? No, it's a truth. Go ahead.
5: Title 42, as we've already mentioned. Uh, Also, he has suggested that uh, we are not vaccinating CBP officers. Uh, Again, we like to deal with facts around here. There's no higher priority than the health and safety of our federal workforce. And the Department of Homeland Security and CBP has been clear that uh, currently more than 64,000 frontline DHS employees, including members of U.S. Border Patrol, have received a vaccination. How many
0: members of the Border Patrol have gotten vaccinated? You notice, very, very slimy. She expands the universe of federal employees, then does a quick comment on the Border Patrol. How many members of the Border Patrol have been vaccinated? The governor didn't make that up. The Border Patrol is obviously telling him. Go ahead.
5: Uh, So that's another just point, just to provide full clarity.
0: But you haven't provided full clarity. You sound dim with it, as a matter of fact. Now, Caitlin Collins is uh, with CNN, usually a complete disaster. Uh, but uh, I think they're getting a little anxious now because their reputations and their careers are really going downhill and covering this president. Let's listen. Cut, nine, go.
3: Question On the border, the administration has refused to call it a crisis instead of referring to it as a challenge and saying what you call it doesn't make a difference of how you're responding to it. But now, today, there are over 3,700 children, unaccompanied migrant children in Border Patrol custody. They're spending, on average, over 100 hours, four days, in these facilities that are jail-like facilities not meant for children. So how can you say that's not a crisis?
5: Well, I think what uh, Ambassador Jacobson and Secretary uh, Mayorkas were conveying, and what I've conveyed, is it doesn't matter what you call it. It is an enormous challenge. It is something that is front and center for the president.
0: It's an enormous challenge, ladies and gentlemen, that's all. Well, why doesn't he reverse his policies? No, no, he can't reverse his policies. Then I'll upset the left-wingers in his party, which would include him. So these press events are really utterly useless when you have a liar standing up there at the podium, the spokes idiot for the idiot. So you had two serious questions that begged for serious answers and neither of them got serious answers about the human disaster. Is that better than crisis? The human disaster that's going on in the southern border. Now, here's how Chuck Schumer responds to this. Now, Chuck Schumer, to me, is, if he's not the most loathsome person in Congress, he's certainly among the top three. Go ahead.
4: Joe Biden inherited a huge mess on immigration, and it's not going to be cleaned up. No, in he didn't. Month.
0: He didn't inherit a huge mess at all. He inherited a functioning um, border security system that he had to create by himself because of the Obama Biden administration. So this guy gets up and he lies. Whenever he opens his mouth, he lies. He inherited a, uh, a mess, you see, and it had to be cleaned up. And the answer to cleaning it up is opening borders and inviting people into our reception centers, releasing them into the interior of the country, whether or not they have a virus. That's the answer. That's their answer. Go ahead.
4: In office, you know, since January 20th, about six weeks, I guess it is. Um, but he's different. His view of immigration is not like Donald Trump's, who was nasty, negative, uh, horrible to immigrants. No, he wasn't.
0: He got a significantly bigger percentage of the vote from these various communities than any Republican in modern history before uh, since Reagan. So you're a liar. But they're all liars. They can't have... This is what they do, whether it's the budgets, whether it's, whether it's the voting issues, whether it's... They just lie. And you know what? I'm not going to put you through this anymore. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Lovin.
0: AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, House Republican Leader Kevin McCarthy, how are you, sir?
2: I'm
4: doing well, Mark. How are
2: you?
0: You know, what? I'm a little annoyed tonight. I read this Biden speech. I know he's busy uh, reading it off his teleprompter. But (laughs) one of the things I'm noticing about him and his uh, spokesperson is we're about to meet these incredible milestones on this vaccination process that was set in place. Prior to the seven weeks that he's been in office, the trajectories are going exactly as planned. And when we're about to reach these milestones, he and his staff try to jump in front of them and take credit for them. This is the whole speech tonight. Yeah.
4: And remember what he also lied to the American public about, that we didn't have a vaccine until he got into office. When you look at Operation Warp Speed, they are going to write books about this it is amazing within less than a year what the investments were made the the technology that we changed and to have three vaccines already it was in his arm he was vaccinated before he was sworn in but you know he's like al gore inventing the internet
0: Mm -hmm. people
4: make this up
0: now he says this is a war you know trump would call this a war and uh but he doesn't say who launched this war he doesn't so say that the Chinese won't launch this war. That it, If it's a war, he can't even admit who started it.
4: And he can't even hold them accountable. If you listen to the phone call that he had with President Xi, President Xi lectured him. And what did he do? He came off and said, well, we can't hold people accountable for our cultural differences. And then he moved back. Remember the Confucius uh, in, our, uh, Institutes. in our colleges? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. what China has been doing to us. And look what he did with Iran. Iran unbelievable sends missiles into Iraq. They have naval um, maneuvers with Russia. And he sits there. He probably wants to give them money to get back into an agreement that only guarantees they have a nuclear weapon.
0: By the way, I thought I read somewhere that he had and encouraged South Korea, among others, to give Iran a billion dollars. Yeah. I think that happened, actually. Let me, let me ask you this. We have this massive spending bill, 1.9 trillion. I heard you say nine percent of it actually is focused on the virus. Can you explain this? Less than nine percent.
4: Less than nine percent goes to the distribution or anything else of the vaccine. But, but you know what it, you know what does it go to? This will provide 600 million dollars to San Francisco that has a 650 million dollar deficit it will provide 92% of their deficit taken away. Why does San Francisco have a deficit? Cuz if you're homeless there, they buy your alcohol and your marijuana. Mm. The schools two quarters two two thirds of the amount for the schools doesn't even show up till 2023. This isn't about putting people to work, putting people back to school or for better health. This is simply a payoff to any Pelosi friend. You know what it does? It gives a bonus if you're a federal employee or if you're a state employee. So if you're in the private sector, you get screwed.
0: Mm, Boy. I guess, you know, they have a bare majority in the House. They have no majority in the Senate. It's just that the uh, the vice president can break the votes, president of the Senate. They they have no mandate. And yet they're taking – and you have pointed out over and over again that every Republican that ran for re-election was elected. You picked up a bunch of seats there. I just think uh, that uh, what's happening here is they're pushing through as much as they can, as fast as they can in the first hundred days until people finally realize what's going on. We're being overwhelmed right now.
4: I believe they know they're going to lose. So they're trying to go as far as they can. And look how far they have come, right? The socialist wing of the Democratic Party is now the lead of of nevada Mm -hmm. the socialist bernie sanders is the chair of the senate budget committee all the things you have been warning people about are coming true Mm.
0: but in the meantime there's not a hell of a lot you can do in the house the way it's set up and uh and what they're doing the Senate. but you know what ideas and arguments have consequences so we really just have to keep clawing away don't we
4: we do. And, and remember this. The only bipartisan vote on that bill was against it. And we had one join us. We only need four more to defeat it. And remember what they Who all joined was, you. We out of Maine.
0: The he guy out of Maine. OK. Golden.
4: Yeah. There's only two seats in Maine. We're going to win that one back. I promise you. Yeah. And remember what they did with H.R. 1. And this is what people have to understand. H.R. 1, the number one, is always reserved for the most important bill to the majority. Just think about what 's most important to Democrats instead of doing something to help people h r one is to help themselves stay elected. What it does is it changes and nationalizes the election. It says you 've got to give six times of taxpayer money if AOC gets two hundred dollars online, she gets twelve hundred from government. It puts a a speech czar to tell us what we can and cannot say in a campaign. Mm. It, it weaponizes the federal election commission, which is bipartisan, equal Republican and Democrat. No, no, they weight it towards the Democrats. It makes and weakens the security of every election because it makes it harder to protect the outcome. It automatically registers from the voters from DMV or government databases. You know, voting is a right; it's a mandate, and they they outlaw any ID being shown. This is this is pretty damn scary what they're doing.
0: It's really damn scary. And if this gets passed, we're not going to win the presidency because uh, this is all about no, the Democrat it is, Party.
4: It's all. Remember what Machiavellian told us, right? I mean, they think the end justifies the means of what they're doing. We also know that absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's what has happened right now. What they, the rules they've changed in the House to take away our ability to offer an amendment. They, they stop and they create this Biden challenge crisis on our border. Um, he stops a wall being built. They build one around the Capitol.
0: And, and by the way, Kevin McCarthy, apparently the general in charge of the National Guard in Washington, D.C. is against this. And he was overridden yeah. by the Biden administration.
4: There is no there is no threat to the Capitol. There is no threat to the Capitol. Uh, the, the sergeant of arms came out and said it. I had the chief of the Capitol Police call me the other day. Well, she requests another 2,200 National Guard to sit there. Do you know the National Guard, if they're by the fence with bob wire and see somebody climbing, they can't do anything. They have to call the Capitol Police. Hmm. And I said, can you, can you tell me what authority you have to ask for them to stay when there's no threat out there? I mean, there is none. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, the audience, in many respects, is a little down right now, but we need to tell them that there is resolve. There are tens of millions of us who understand what's going on, and we, we cannot let up. We've got to keep pressing the case. We've got to keep talking to our neighbors and our friends, and we have to keep talking sense to our uh, fellow citizens, some of whom haven't been very sensible lately.
4: We need to not give up. Remember this. Out of 152 million votes for the House... We were 31,751 votes away from winning the majority. That should inspire you. Not one Democrat, not one Republican lost, first time since 94. We beat 15 Democrats. And you know what's going to happen here? Only three time in American history has the party in the White House lost the White House but gained seats. 1892 and 1992. And both times they won the majority the next. And we're the only other time.
0: All right. Kevin McCarthy, thank you, sir. Take care of yourself.
4: Thank you, the great one. I appreciate it.
0: All right. God bless. I have to say, he is, he is, he's inspiring, Kevin McCarthy. He really feels we're going to take it in two years. I think we are, too, because I think they're overreaching this time. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending disasters like medicare for all and the expanding reach of the federal government and beyond advocacy joining amac gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts including special member-only rates on car insurance travel discounts cell phone plans and a hell of a lot more and if that's not enough you'll get amac's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us we conservatives as I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's amacus. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot
1: It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levine Show. Call him now. At
0: that speech was exactly as I told you it was, because I read it. And, of course, there are certain routines in the radio business where they feel they need to break away from a show like this, where we have Levinites, listening patriots, to bring you that, a demagogue spewing propaganda. And so they probably killed their audience, meaning my audience. But look, I can only explain so many times how conservative talk radio works. You don't want to hear Joe Biden lie through his teeth. It's frustrating. You shut it off. But they feel they have an obligation to do it. They don't have an obligation to do it. I mean, we had big media throughout the Trump presidency refusing to even air his speeches. And they were proud of it. Somebody wants to hear Joe Biden speak. Why preempt my show? Let him speak. You can go somewhere else and listen to him speak. But the vast majority of you wouldn't do that, of course. There's a congressman on the border. His name is Henry Selyar. He's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. And he's been out there trying to warn America about what's taking place on the southern border. His own party won't listen to him, let alone his president. And this is what he had to say on CNN today. Cut 12, go.
4: And I'll say this quickly. There are three messages, and I want to put yourself and myself a word in Central America. One message from the White House, uh, don't come now, come later. Message number two from the family members and neighbors Hey, Pedro, hey, ya pasamos. Hey, we're able to come, come over right now. Message number three is from the uh, criminal organizations Hey, I can get you across, pay me a little bit of money. And they're all going to listen to message number two and number three. Quite honestly, that is what's happening. till we have a solid message uh, that we can send down to Central America. And by the way, I was involved with the first $750 million for Central America. We put, you know, Total, we've put uh, almost to close to $2 billion since we started this program. Almost $2 billion. And we're still facing the same situation since 2014.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, they've got a crisis on their hands.
0: Who is that idiot? Doesn't really matter. Uh, well, I know it's a CNN. Oh, uh, Kate Balden, And it's Cuellar. I'm sorry. Henry Cuellar is the congressman. And uh, he's no Republican, he's a Democrat. He's mm-hmm. lifelong party man, and yet he's looking at this disaster and he's saying, look at this this is awful awful meanwhile, D. Lemon who lives in New York City and doesn't have anything to do with the border he sees everything through the eyes of a racist and a bigot and he's on there with Chris Cuomo Chris Cuomo apparently isn't the pervert in the family, but he is the Fredo in the family and so what does D. Lemon take out of all this? Here you have a Democrat congressman, Latino, who said this is a disaster. And what does Don Lemon have to say from his condominium in Manhattan or wherever the hell he is? Cut 11. Excuse me. Cut 14. Go. Here's
4: the thing. You know when the filibuster was brought in, right?
0: Jim, this, Crow. This is Jim Crow. No, the hey. filibuster was not brought in during Jim Crow, you idiot. The rules largely that have been followed by Congress are called Robert's Rules of Order, and they were adopted by the Senate and the House, but in different contexts because they're different bodies. The filibuster was used, and I researched this way back since the, uh, the Roman Senate, and even before. The filibuster wasn't brought in during Jim Crow. Folks, you can Google this yourself. The filibuster wasn't brought in during Jim Crow. Flat out lie. So now if you oppose the elimination of the filibuster and this Marxist agenda, you must be a white segregationist. This is the problem. CNN honestly needs to cease to exist. It really does. It is a cancer on the face of our politics. It is a misinformation operation, much like MSNBC. These clowns are never held to account. Go ahead. Right.
4: Because to they give wanted them to... a disproportionate voice so they could <laughs> fight against any kind of progress they yeah. didn't like. And yes, they were Southern Democrats. So what? A lot of these, listen, d- d- during Reconstruction, uh, black people in this country started to gain some prominence, political mm-hmm. uh, office. They, they were um, elected to political office. Amazing what
0: happens when you let people be free. Right. And, and vote. then. And only... Yeah, yeah. You would know. You and your brother. And DeCamio. Amazing what happens when people are allowed to be free, right? Have you experienced much freedom in New York? I'm just curious. When your uh, parents are pushed into nursing homes, we're now going to lecture from a Cuomo or a Lemon? Let's hear what this genius historian has to say. Go ahead.
4: Who didn't like it? Said no, we can't have that. So they started creating all of these laws, right? Mm -hmm. The the resurgence of the KKK. This is just a true history of this country, which, I mean, we have to really...
0: How come you don't mention the fact that Ulysses S. Grant sent the army down there and tried to bust up the Klan and came very close to busting up the Klan? But you know what happened, ladies and gentlemen? The Democrats won the House of Representatives. And so he couldn't send the army down there in the South anymore to break up the Klan. The Democrat Party was behind the Klan. It was behind... Uh, the, civil, the, uh, the, uh, the Confederacy, and so forth and so on. And the filibuster rule has been used by Democrats in modern times over and over and over again, as well as Republicans. So to just dismiss this as some kind of a racist rule is a flat-out lie, but these are two clowns talking to each other. Go ahead to it and that's what that that's
4: what happened so you're right and that is what's happening again people are afraid as you saw with this insurrection as you see with the whole fake oh the election was stolen people are afraid of the changing demographics of this country so but, people
0: are afraid of the changing demographics that's not what Quayar said was it mr Medusa? and he is latino has uh, Lemon or Cuomo, have they gone down to the border? Have they talked to the people who live there in these overwhelmingly majority Latino communities? Well, Cuellar has. He represents them. But have they? No, they haven't. Because they resent illegal aliens coming into the country. They resent what they're doing to their property. They resent that they're coming in with COVID because the way that the left talks about them, you'd think that they're a separate entity within our country. No, they're not. They're Americans. These are Latinos who are Americans. And they embrace liberty, and they embrace private property rights, and they want their families raised well, and they want good schools too. So when people are flooding over the border from one of God knows how many countries, Central and South America, they're concerned about it. It's not about all the demographic changes. And by the way, the Democrats are pushing for demographic changes. There's no doubt about that. They keep talking about it. There's also no doubt about it with their embrace of critical race theory. But this isn't about demographics, having open borders, people pouring in. And notice they don't even talk about the inhumanity that's taking place. They show no concern for those little kids, some of whom are being molested. They have no concern about the women, some of whom are being raped. None. That's all a joke. It's all about politics. It's all about attacking the white man. I don't even know who the white man is, but that's what it's about. Because that's who they are punks. Punks, superficial, surface level punks. Whatever happened to that lawsuit against D Lemon from that guy? Remember him, Mr. Producer? Whatever happened to that, where he made accusations and they're pretty grotesque, quite frankly. What's going on over there at CNN? Whatever happened to their legal analyst, Jeffrey Tubin? Is he going to training now to, to learn to keep your pants up? It's the keep your pants up training that he's getting over there, Mr. Legal Analyst. Remember also they had that anti Semite, that, that professor, the African American gentleman, I forget his name. Remember him? Oh, he's out there now leading the BDS movement and everything. That CNN is a cancer in the body politic. Tell me, tell me, what do they contribute to the conversation in this country? Nothing. Nothing. Bunch of narcissists, the egomaniacs. That's all they are. All right, I'm going to test the waters here, and I'm going to let you, Mr. Producer, choose our first caller. Uh, Who shall I speak to? WGBF, Kurt in Indiana, go right ahead, sir. Thanks
4: for taking my call, Mark. I took my first vaccine in a public facility. I'm due back a few weeks for my second one. When I leave, I want to say it loud enough for everybody to hear me. Thank you, President Trump, for this life-saving vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I hope everybody in your audience does the same. And if you hear somebody say that, clap.
0: By the way, millions of people. By, by, by the way, I also am of the opinion that if people don't want to take this vaccine or one of these, they shouldn't have to. Because what's happening in this country simultaneous to this vaccine is you're having herd immunity. Herd immunity works. Herd immunity exists. Herd immunity is happening right now. Another thing Biden didn't mention. Herd immunity, vaccines, this is what's going to kill this virus. And he didn't do it in seven weeks either. Joe Biden has demonstrated to me in seven weeks that he's the greatest demagogue ever to be in the Oval Office, ever. And he's the greatest demagogue ever to be in the Oval Office because he's the dumbest guy to ever be in the Oval Office. So he has to rely on propaganda. That's the truth. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Who's next? Mr. Producer. XM Satellite, Ben in California. How are you, sir? Good, Mark. How are you doing? All right. So I noticed when I was
2: uh, at work today uh, paying taxes, providing for my family, the Democrats were whacking away on my Second Amendment. And uh, one of the things I saw in there was Biden wants to get rid of protection, legal protection for the gun companies. So being that there's 30 people or so. Let let
0: me just say before you go on, you see, you know, there's two groups that are never regulated in this country. The trial lawyers and the teachers union. Have you noticed that? Because they're in the top one or two or the top five or ten of donors to the Democrat Party. The trial lawyers are never reined in. The tort laws are never changed. And so the the politicians are always delivering them stuff, like the cigarette companies. Whatever happened to all that money? The trial lawyers took like a third of it. Where, Where did all that money go? It went nowhere. It was wasted. It was abused by the bureaucracy. Because that's what they do. And so now they want to sue the the gun company is out of business. They think they're clever. Absolutely disgusting. You know, the issue isn't what liberties do we have. The issue is what of our liberties are not under attack. They're all under attack. Go right ahead, sir.
2: No, so that, that's what kind of my point is. You know, if if there's th- roughly thirty people a day killed in just drunk driving accidents. So does that let you know people? These well, there's another the issue bus-
0: here. You, me, law-abiding Americans who go to gun shows when we had gun shows, who purchase weapons legally, who have background checks, and they do occur with the vast majority of us. It goes through a whole process. You and I know we have to sit for 30 minutes if we're going to buy a pistol or something. We all know that we're not the problem. The problem is the people who don't follow the system, who don't fill out the forms, who don't show their driver's licenses, and they get these guns illegally, And they shave off the identification numbers. And they're gangbangers and they're drug pushers and some people coming across the border doing this stuff. What the Democrats want to do have almost absolutely nothing to do with the problem. Absolutely nothing in the vast majority of cases to deal with the problem. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Don't forget, in a half hour, 9.25 Eastern Time, I'll be on Fox with Hannity. And a, another point I want to raise with you, I will not be here tomorrow. I'm traveling tomorrow. No, not on vacation. I'm traveling tomorrow. Our good buddy Ben Ferguson will be here from our wonderful affiliate in Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee, one of the free states, by the way. Uh, and I hope you're checking out the podcast. So if we're preempted again, you can jump right in. MarkLevinShow.com, that's the Mothership website. You'll be at the middle of the, uh, you'll be at the uh, homepage. So you go to the top of the middle of the homepage where you'll see Audio Rewind and you click that. That'll take you to the podcast page and then pick the platform you want to use. Apple, most people like, but there's others too. And then you can program listening to this program all by your lonesome, all by yourself. So if I'm preempted by Joe Biden. You don't have to. You don't have to listen to Joe Biden. I don't really have anything else here that I want to discuss. I still have a pile of news stories and so forth, but I'm not in the mood to discuss any more news stories. Mr. Producer, do we have another caller, please? Trisha in Connecticut, the great WABC. How are you?
3: I'm fine, Mark. During the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about how Rush, and you, and others, Sean educate millions of Americans, and it costs us zero dollars, zero dollars to the taxpayers. Well, in contrast, someone like Dr. Fauci, the epitome of incompetence, or the Peter Principle, perhaps, um, there's another quote, the purpose of bureaucracy is to compensate for incompetence and lack of discipline, by James Collins. I, I found that, or um, I love Groucho Marx. Politics is the art of looking for trouble, finding it everywhere, diagnosing it incorrectly, and applying the wrong remedies. And isn't that what's happened, especially
0: with COVID? Yes, and well said. Thank you for calling, and I'm glad you got in. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Thank you, Levinites, my magnificent audience, and I'll see you in 30 minutes on Hannity on Fox. God bless